Today's guest is Teresa Smith. Here's our job talk with an entrepreneur. Welcome to the Job Talk Podcast, where we talk with people who love their jobs. Our guests open up about their challenges, surprises, and secrets to success in their industries. Through conversation, we explore their careers, past work experiences, and the education that got them to where they are now. Teresa, did you always know that you were going to be an entrepreneur or a business owner? Um, no. <laughs> I thought I make a really good, um, I thought my dream job growing up was probably more like executive assistant. Um, I think I would cater to someone who really knew what they were doing and like keeping them on track and organized. And um, I didn't really realize um, at the time, how much that would apply to what I'm doing now. But um, it was a lot of, of like, I wouldn't mind like dressing up really nice and, and going to work and then, you know, like doing what executive assistants did in the uh, obviously late 90s, uh, which was like, pick up dry cleaning, <laughs> make appointments and, and kind of do that. And that was kind of just my thought process is kind of what I would be or something along those lines. Um, but mostly I think I did it for the fashion, <laughs> not okay. necessarily for the job, although the job kind of was exciting. I, you know, I wanted to work with uh, professionals. I wanted to feel professional. I wanted to be able to do that kind of stuff, but I always thought I would be more of like um, more of an assistant or more of someone to help um, a professional, uh, in that regard, not necessarily own my own business, but more be a support to the person who owns the business. Okay. What, what was your first post-secondary experience like after you left high school? I didn't go to post-secondary actually. So you didn't. Mm -mm. So I took some courses when I wanted to be a wedding photographer. Um, and I did a bunch of courses through, I can't even remember. I don't even think the school exists anymore, which is really sad. Um, but yeah, I took some courses through there and then took, uh, there was a couple of people that were in the photography department at Nate actually. Uh, and I took some courses through, I think it was how through McBain camera. Um, so some people that were like teaching at Nate, they would teach there. And so I took some courses through there as well, but that was like as much post-secondary as I took. I did a lot of like on the job training for what I did. Um, post-secondary was never in the cards for me. I never even thought about it. Didn't want to go to post-secondary. I only wanted to learn about things that would apply directly to what I wanted to do at the time. Yeah. Um, the opportunity certainly was there, but uh, the marks probably weren't there from high school. And so yeah. then I just kind of kiboshed it right away and was like, you know what, like, I'm not interested in going to school. And I didn't know what I wanted to do specifically. And yeah. I didn't want to waste my time and money going into post-secondary without having a plan. Um, I'm not necessarily a superstar planner, but I do like to have some sort of end goal. And that was, I didn't have an end goal. So kind of just fell into working instead. Okay. And how, how long was your photography career? Was this a, a long career? Um, so photography was, I think, four years. Um, as a wedding photographer, I owned Freshlight Studio, which is no longer going, so don't Google it. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I did, you know, family, mostly wedding photography. I really loved wedding photography, and that was um, kind of like a passion of mine. And I still... 
really do like photography, um, which is like before Instagram kind of became a thing, you know, it was really exciting. And um, I would post, we had blogs, blogs were a thing. Um, and so we kind of did that and I really loved it. And a couple of friends that I had um, were doing it as well. Um, yeah, and it was really good. And then uh, as I was kind of transitioning out of photography, um, that was just one of the jobs between high school and, and where I ended up dental, but photography was right up until I moved into dental. Okay, and why did you feel that you wanted to transition out of photography? I didn't, actually. And I joke about this all the time. I got tricked into working into dental. So my <laughs> <laughs> my best friend um, is a dentist, and um, his wife was supposed to be working in the practice, and she got pregnant, and so then she couldn't. <clears throat> and I had worked in optical for a while previous to being a wedding photographer. And so he said, why don't you come into the practice and, like, take, you know, to see what you can do and if it's something that you can help us with. Um, and so then I did, and then it was supposed to be just one day a week. Um, and then it, you know, turned into like two days a week. And then he's like, you know, can you work full time? <laughs> and yeah. so then I ended up, um, working for him for eight years. <laughs> okay. And yeah, so that's kind of how I fell into dentistry, um, in that regard. Yeah, Sorry, and just... what was your what was your position? What were you doing for for him for eight years? So I worked reception for a couple of years and just kind of like helped build the recare systems and um, patient care systems uh, in the practice. Insurances, you know, billing, making sure that patients um, in, were feeling cared for and were booked back into the practice. Um, so I just basically was like extreme amounts of customer service and it was a very small practice that he had purchased um, and it was just like trying to get it off the ground and get it grown. And so it was started off just four ops um, and then uh, we grew that over the eight years from four ops to 10 ops and I became an ops manager at year two uh, and then I just continued to grow the practice. and. It was a pretty like cool experience. And because we were really good friends, I got to be really involved in what was going on and he would share a lot of information. And I just buckled down and learned a tremendous amount about dentistry over that eight years. And then really learned that all of the kind of jobs that I had leading up to it, going into dentistry, were able to um, apply into this role. And then it's kind of, I just really excelled and yeah. And then that was kind of my start into dentistry and, uh, that clinic is still going they added another op and they're still, uh, an amazing practice. So I really love that clinic. I still get my dentistry done there. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's really good. Well, I'm going to ask you about what your business uh, does and what you do in your your day to day work. While you were going through your eight year career working with him, did you think that that was going to be your career, or did you start to um, have an idea that you were going to um, take off and and do this as a business for yourself? Um. So, I would say about a year or maybe two years before I left, um, we had our last child. Um, and I went on mat leave. And then when I came back from mat leave, um, 
I decided that like I needed to figure out what I was doing because it was just a kind of a job up. I mean, I was good at it, but it was just a job up into that point. Uh, and then I decided, you know what, like this kid came late in life and we just kind of were just not like plugging along, but I was like, well, I mean, I need to do something. This is, you know, it gave me a chance to kind of reevaluate what I was doing. Um, and then I decided, you know what, like I've always talked about doing consulting or like training and, and I, but I just didn't feel like I had enough experience, enough um, talent, enough clout, I guess, to go out on my own. Um, and so then I w left that practice and went into corporate dentistry where um, I took over a clinic and kind of rehabbed it uh, because it was a bit of a hot mess. And so then kind of fixed it all up, got it back up and running. And I did that in about six months. And so then I kind of proved to myself, no, I can do this and I'm good at it. And so then that was kind of when I took this this corporate job, I was very much um, driven at that point. Like, I'm going to make this work. I need to make this work. Um, I really want to be, this is, this is my career now. And this is what I'm going to do. And that's my end goal. And so then I did that, moved up, and then I managed six practices at the same time. Wow. And that was hard and we did that during covid and you know what covid was like and covid like during dental was a little crazy and we had to like redo operations and systems and ipc which is like infection control and all that kind of stuff um and so i had to write manuals for people and protocols for people for the six clinics i had plus part we had the corporation had 16 clinics so 10 other clinics in different provinces we had to accumulate them across different provinces and i, I just gained a wealth of experience and then I decided that I needed to kind of, I've proved myself that this I'm capable of doing all of this stuff and I could do it well. Um, and I decided, okay, well, I'm going to go out on my own and kind of just do this on my own. And so I broke off and I manage a specialty clinic for root canals, which I know everyone loves. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's and, better now. It's not like the olden days when it was extremely painful, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, now we just block freeze and you feel nothing and it's great. Um, exactly. And, you know, specialist root canals are a lot faster because that's all they do all day, if you can imagine. Um, so they can rip through a root canal in like 20, 30 minutes, whereas most general are a little bit longer um, and we use microscopes and we have fancy equipment and, and it's just a lot more success um, through specialty and so yeah so we did specialty uh, and I managed I still to this day manage that practice and it's wonderful and I love I love 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 that clinic like it's my favorite it's amazing the people there are so wonderful and it's really good and then um, got it kind of like ramped up and going like it should have been because it was having trouble coming out of COVID um, and then I, you know, the endodontist and I have struck a deal that I could do this on the side whenever I wanted, as long as his clinic was running good and we're good to go. So then I started off on my own and it was just like a nice breezeway into like opening up, um, the training and education and systems and operations that we do for other practices. And it's been just going wonderful ever since. So yeah, we've, we've really done quite well. Okay. And so what, what is your business name and can you describe the services that you provide 
Sure. Um, so my business name is Optimize Dental. I'm a co-founder of it. So I have a business partner and she's amazing as well. Um, and we have one employee who was also an office manager for a long time and um, administrative for surgical clinic in Edmonton. And she's awesome. And we basically will go into practices and what I like to call rehab. So sometimes they're struggling with systems and protocols or they're um, struggling with team members that aren't trained enough or well. And so we'll go in and help train and assist them. We also do business um, advice and we'll teach them how to run their business effectively um, so that they can um, advance and grow their practice. Um, because dentistry, most people know, is it's private practice. So it is partly healthcare, but it's also privately owned, which means it's still a business. Um, so we teach them the balance of clinical care um, which is like taking care of patients. We teach them the balance of culture, which is taking care of their employees uh, and their team members. And we teach them the balance of the business, which is you need that to support the other two. So that's kind of the triad. And uh, we go in and help make sure that the, ba the balance is set and then and build the systems and structures in place so that that um, practice can grow healthily uh, and not have too many hiccups along the way. How do you know that your business is going to work, do you think? Like you come up with the idea, you came up with this idea, and then the next day you start on your journey to build this businesses, this business. <laughs> yeah, how do you, you know, know it's going to, how do you know it's going to work? You don't, you really don't. <laughs> it, it is the most exhilarating and exciting time of your life, but it is also the most terrifying and like it gives me heart palpitations thinking of like what we did it's like jumping off a cliff and you know you you might have a bit of a bungee cord but you don't know if that bungee cord is gonna hold <laughs> that's what it feels like um and it's it's good and it's scary and it's exciting um and you know all of that kind of excitement kind of pushes you through because you really have a strong desire to make it work yeah. um and you just work through issues as they come up and you kind of build through that. And it's it's a lot about resilience. Um, you know, you, you're going to fail at things and it's it's going to be terrible. It's going to be so terrible and you just feel awful and and just picking yourself back up and going, OK, well, what did I learn from that and how can we move forward? And and how do I continue to make this company better and how do we build this? And you're looking at, you know, helping helping t dental teams, but you're also looking at how do I balance my business? And you're also looking at how do I balance my family life? Um, because that's all those three things come into play. And so you have your own triad that you work with and, and then how do I make sure my employees are staying happy and how to make sure that my business partner and I are in a healthy situation. There's a lot of things that go on in that. And then also making sure there's enough money to pay everyone and making sure that there's, um, you know, like those kind of stresses, making sure the accounting gets done and invoices are done properly. And, and that all kind of falls, um, you know, in, in my spot and I just have to like work through it. And it's just, yeah, just part of what we do, but it, it does take a lot of resilience and it does take a lot of, um, I want to say, uh, grit, grit yeah. and, and determination and, and you have to be able to let things go because okay. some things just don't work out. Yeah. So I was going to ask, I mean, obviously doubts may enter your mind as you're setting out on your venture. How, how do you manage feelings of doubt? <laughs> 
support system. You need a strong support system. <laughs> so yeah. obviously I have a very supportive spouse who's just amazing. And he's always like in my corner, always in my corner, business partner, always in my corner. Um, and I'm the same for her. Um, we're hundred percent just like the backup crew, right? Like, yeah. like the West side story backup crew. We are, we are there. We got knives. We'll make sure that you feel like you're, um, you're supportive. And it, and it's, it's the tricky part is it still hurts. Things hurt. You just got to deal with it. But if you are feeling doubt, um, you just got to like work through it and doubt sometimes is a mindset. It's just things that you're telling yourself that aren't true. And you have to be able to cipher that out and be like, is this, is this what I'm telling myself because I'm scared? Or is this what I'm telling myself because it's true? And then you just have to decide, no, it's not true. This could work out. This could, this could work out well and try it. Or if it doesn't work out, then you go, that's fine. We learned and now we move on. And just to mitigate a bit of risk in, in the in-between, you know, it's just, it's all kind of together with that. Can you remember any specific lessons that you learned? I don't want to call it failures. I, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, don't I think... failed. I failed. <laughs> it's but okay. you always, when you talk to an entrepreneur, you always hear them talk about learning more from failures than than success. So do you have any specific examples of where, okay, we'll call it failed. You failed. Yeah. What did you learn from it? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's lots of things that I failed at. Um, but I I think you're right. There's like learning from it and it's super important to be able to learn from them um, and kind of have that grit. But yeah, no, um, specifically, I think, uh, well, there's one particular situation where we were going to go in contract and do um, infection control protocols for this practice. Um, and we talked to them and this is, you know, what they wanted. And I let my employee handle it all. And I was like, Hey, you can do this. Like, here you go, just go figure out what they need and we'll do it, um, that way. And so she went in and like said, this is what you want. Yeah. Okay. This is what we can do. And, um, I, I was like, okay, we're just going to experiment. Like, cause at that point I, I wasn't super worried about the contract like we could have it or we could not have it it was an experiment we didn't know if we wanted to get into that but we're just going to try um and so we went in and you know she went in spent i think 10 12 hours doing this thing and you know getting her what she wanted and and at the end we're like okay this is what it is blah blah, blah. and she's like well that's not what i wanted and I was like, I was like, okay, so what did you want? And then she's like, well, I wanted this. And I'm like, well, if you want that, it's going to be way more expensive because it's a lot more entail entailed than what you were asking. You specifically asked for this. And then she like just ghosted us. And I was like, okay, so we learned, what did we learn from that? Get it in writing exactly what they want. Make sure that the contract is specific to what we, what we're going to be doing and what we're doing. Um, so yeah, so it was a bit of a failure, but now I just learn this is what it is. If you want to do business with me, this is how you do it. And this is what you have to do. And, and we learned to clean up our act a little bit. Um, yeah. I feel like entrepreneurship is just a lot about growing yourself. Um, and maybe that's why a lot of people like it. Uh, they're more keen to it or it seems exciting because you are constantly having to level up. You don't get a choice. Your market, your people that you cater to demand a higher level. And the, the more expensive you are, the higher level you have to be at. And so you're constantly leveling up and it's just very rewarding to, to be that, to do that and kind of get that growth out of yourself. 
Can you remember the first time you got paid when you launched your business? <laughs> yeah, it was so great. Me and my business partner did Happy Dance because um, we were like, we got our first contract and it was like four months and we were just like, yes, like this is like a long-term contract. We're so excited. Um, and it was like not very much money, but we like, we like wrote a big number on there and we're like, oh yeah, like if we get this, we're like, we're like golden. <laughs> right. And we wrote, and the number was like, I don't know, it's like a third of what we charge now, but yeah. I just like laugh. Cause we put, we were just like, oh yeah, if we just like, should we just throw this number out there? We're like, yeah, like, okay. And we like threw it out there and we got it. And we're just like, oh my gosh, like this is the most amazing experience. Yeah. And now I, I still have the check. We have it. We keep it um, because it's important to us to have our first check. We said at five years, we're going to get it framed and, and that'll be our thing. But yeah, it was, it was not very much money now when I look at it, but it was yeah. massive first contract for a fair amount of time. Um, and I spent, I think, three hours you know, um, doing a consultation with them and like, it was intense, you know, cause they had to buy into me, which was, it's different, right? I really had to learn to sell myself. Um, so it was like a very, a lot of work that went into it. We put this massive dollar amount on it and, and it was really <laughs> like actually not that big, but yeah, that's what it felt like. We're just like, Oh my gosh. And we, yeah, we literally, when we got the contract, we both just like cheered and we were like on a high for days. <laughs> So is it framed or is it in, is it in a drawer somewhere now? So it's in our file system. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at five years, we're going to get it framed and, and hopefully if we have a location by then we'll, we'll have it in the location. Cause okay. was... what, what year are you in now? So we're in year two. Um, yeah. so we just finished our first corporate year. Um, but we were in business, not, we did, we had to incorporate. So before that was another six months or something. So yeah, we're like, we're about halfway through year two. Okay. So that yeah. first contract seeds some money into your company, into mm -hmm. your business. Yeah. Uh, what kind of risks were you looking at? Are you looking at, did you have a business loan? Did you have to take a loan out? No. So we're quite lucky because our, our, we don't need a location. We don't need, um, we have very little overhead overall that we pay for my mileage that I have to drive and um, yeah. my hourly wage when I'm doing in clinic service. So it's pretty, pretty low overhead. Um, and at that time I was still working full time at the endodontist office. So I would just drop out one day a week and go see this clinic. And so um, it was pretty, there was pretty low risk and that's why we started that way um, because I'm a pretty low risk person. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, so it was not a lot of overhead, but we did, when we went in when we had to finally incorporate because we were making too much money, um, we incorporated, uh, and then that changed everything. So now we have, um, you know, multiple banks and holding companies and we had to learn all the banking system. We have lawyers that work with us, um, that do contracts and, you know, we had, like I said, we really had to up our game and do different things, you know, insurance and all this kind of stuff that you just don't think about when you just open your doors and like we're in a business and yeah. um yeah so we had a really um aggressive first year learning curve and um i would say we pretty much burnt ourselves out <laughs> for yeah. a short period of time and you know that holiday in hawaii that i was talking about earlier was, yeah. couldn't come soon enough um but yeah it was like it was a lot it was a very very intense first year of business because we went from just a sole proprietorship kind of deal to now we went into like 
corporations and, and accounting services and all the stuff that we have to do now. So the overhead's a little bit higher now. We have like a proper website. We have, you know, proper accounts for things. Like it's just, it's a lot more intense. So that kind of stuff, I think a lot of people don't really pay attention to or know about the entrepreneurship. They just, oh, I started a business, but there's a lot of back end that has to happen all the time. And thank goodness my spouse is really good at accounting because he took over all of that. Because I think I'd be like losing my brains. I would be for sure. Your business partner, how did you get to know your business partner? So my business partner and I had worked together in the same corporation. Um, So I actually took over her job when she went on mat leave. Um, And then I left before she came, or maybe we worked for like a couple of weeks together when she came back from mat leave. Uh, And then I left the company and then I started my business and then she came in um, about six months later when she left that corporation, she came in and we, that's when we started our corporation, made a partnership and did all of that. So do you, do you guys have similar personalities or are you opposites and that's what makes your business work so well? You know, it's kind of funny because, um, we became friends actually mostly we maybe we became friends, um, while she was on mat leave, which is funny because usually in that setting you wouldn't connect with someone, but we, yeah, we became friends during mat leave, her mat leave. Um, and so we have very flattering personalities. I'm pretty chill, laid back, level-headed, like whatever. And she's just like full of ideas and exuberant and like, just like, um, like gung ho and really super positive. And I, I mean, I'm positive too, but just in a more chill, relaxed way. Um, I'm much more of like a realist and a low risk person. And she's like jumping off cliffs and like, let's go. And so it's a really happy balance. Um, when I'm scared to push myself, she's like, you got this go. Like we, we got this. I can back you up on this. You're smart. You're capable, you know? And when she's like, we're going to do this and this and this. And I'm like, hold the reins. Like we need to think about how we're going to make this work or financially, where is that going to get us? Is that focused on our goals? And so together, we are a really good team of how we play each part and we make sure that the company's safe on both parts. Did Oprah create that aha moment? I, yeah, did I maybe, just yeah. It? Okay, yeah. <laughs> can you remember that time when you felt this is gonna work, this, is, this business is gonna sustain? Um, yeah, yeah, there was definitely, we've had a few. Um, so we had talked about this business before and then um she was obviously wasn't in a place to do anything so i started it and she was like you got to do this you got to do this you got to do this and i was like okay so i started it and got going on it and you know just ideas that's all it was just tons and tons of ideas we didn't even know what we wanted to do we didn't have an end goal it was just like what is the thought process behind this how are we gonna how are we gonna make this work like financially what can we charge how do like what's our skill levels and so um we just chatted about tons of stuff and and i kind of bounced a bunch of ideas off of her and then i was like okay so i think we're just going to start doing some training because people don't have training and they don't know what they're doing and office managers in dental there's not really a school you can go to there's no education services for it it's literally you just gotta learn on the job which is what i did for eight years and then i move into corporate dentistry i like had no concept of what needed to be done. I had no concept of the business, like it really needed to be ran. 
corporate dentistry opened my eyes to that, um, the business side of dentistry a lot. And so then I was able to kind of figure that out. And because of that education, I thought people need this. And that's where we came up with the idea that we can train people. And when we had our second contract um, with a dentist, we said, okay, we want to run this trial project with you. And we're going to do it fairly cheap because we want to see if it works. And I developed an office manager, um, an office manager educational program to train you how to become a better office manager and how to run your practice. And talking all the things you need to know in like five months. And we would come every week and teach you new things and then, and then help you work through it because that's the tricky part is you're as an office manager, you're generally alone, um, doing it on your own. And so we decided we'd build this program that would support them through the training process. And so he's like, yeah, I'm all for it. Let's try it. And we did it. And it, and I mean, it was like halfway through the program and, and we said, okay, I asked her some questions about what was going on. And she goes, okay, I think, and she listed out all these things. And I think I can do this. And this is how I'm going to plan it. And, this one, and I just sat there and I was just like, holy crap, this is working. Like pe- people are getting the information and they're using the information and they're actually be seeing success out of it. And I was like, we can, we can train these people and they can run these businesses better just with a little bit of help and a little bit of knowledge that no one else is giving out right now. So that was like a big moment. I remember calling my business partner on the way home from that. I was like, she got it. She got (laughs) it. You know, like I, I didn't have to like, you know, you know, she applied everything she learned and she was using it and it was wonderful. And she felt confident and successful. And I just got tremendous amount of pride out of that. And I just thought, okay, this is it. This is what we're doing. We're training people. And, yeah. and that's what it's been ever since. And this is successful. And the dentist is absolutely fat, like just loved it and, and was like, yeah, no, like it's super great. And, and now that Osmander is still running that practice and is killing it, just absolutely killing it. And I just, we've done it now a few more times and I'm like, Hey, this is it. We're, we're doing it. And this is, this is worth, not only does it make us feel good because it's helping dentistry, it makes us feel good because we're doing something good for, for another person. And then it's successful in our business. So it makes us feel good because we're successful in it too. Yeah. I think that ties into my next question. What do you enjoy most about being an entrepreneur slash business owner? Oh, um, I think, I think obviously feeling success is the most wonderful and easiest to grab type of um, answer for that. But what I do feel like is maybe the feeling I get when I'm able to help someone um, understand something and, and feel successful at what they're doing. That's a lot of, it fills my bucket. Yeah. The other one feels, you know, obviously success. It feels part, part of my bucket, but not like someone being like, I get this. I understand this. And then they're like, thank you for helping me. I'm like, that fills my bucket. That makes me feel good. Like I did something good for that person. I get a tremendous amount of value out of helping people, which is like, I think comes back to that executive assistant, like, you know, teaching, not teaching, but like helping people, assisting them, making sure that they are getting where they need to be and everything's organized and, and laid out. I, I, that's, I like it. I like doing that a lot. 
Yeah. What What are some obvious challenges for you? Do you think? Oh yeah, there's lots, lots of challenges. <laughs> Staying on task. Yeah. Um, yeah, like doing the things that I do. And if you could see my desk around me right now, you'd see why that's an issue. Don't um, pan the camera down then. Yeah, we'll just it's, it's quite terrible right now, actually, because I was filing because. I was behind on filing because I just throw everything on my desk. Um, so, you know, staying on task, it's all the back end stuff that's not as fun, right? So uh, going into clinic, I love it. I'm talking to people, training people, that's easy, it's wonderful, I love it. I could do that all day. Um, you know, to be honest, I'd, if I could afford to do it, I would probably do it for free. Like, I just love that. Mm -hmm. uh, I do not love <laughs> writing up reports, I do not love um, making sure that documents are spell checked. I hate spell check and I'm a terrible speller. I find difficulty in keeping on top of accounting, making sure that, you know, invoices are done. Cause that, none of that is inspiring. None of it's exciting. There's zero dopamine for me in that. So yeah. it's, it's a struggle and a challenge. Um, I also find it a struggle and challenge to sell myself. So when I go into consults, I'm not like an overly like egotistical person. So I don't naturally be like, hey, like I can do these things for you. I'm so great at my job, blah, blah, blah. That's not me. So I do struggle with that. And I have to like push myself out of my comfort zone a bit and kind of sell myself. And that's that's a struggle. That's that's the part of being an entrepreneur. If you're selling a product, it might be easier. But when you're selling a service, it's it's a little different and selling a service especially one you provide for yourself that you know yourself is is is, is not as easy yeah what would you consider to be good qualities of an entrepreneur oh yeah so grit and resilience for sure you yeah. have to be the type of person that i would say can doesn't i want to say doesn't get affected by things but can filter through and that can be taught and learned. You can learn that how to filter through um, stuff so that you are not living with it for long periods of time. You have to be able to digest it, feel it and then let it go. Um, so that's something that is good. If you naturally are good at it, that's great. But most people generally aren't naturally good at that, but you can learn it. That's definitely one. Um, someone who can self-motivate someone who can stay organized um, because chaos does not lend for good business you have to you have to stay organized you have to create um a pathway you, you know if you're good at puzzling things out you know if you're like looking at this and you're like oh you know um you know like mazes and you're like oh yeah i can figure out how to get there really quickly um or if you can figure out uh, people management, people management. If you don't have that, it doesn't, you're not going to be a great entrepreneur because you have to work with people. You either have to sell to someone, they have to buy from you, or you have to have people that do that for you. But either that people management, you have to be able to read people, um, and be able to communicate and do well to be an entrepreneur because otherwise you're not going to be successful that way. So it doesn't mean that you have to be an extrovert. I figured that out too. Um, you just have to be able to communicate well, whether that be written, whether that be um, verbal um, communication. Uh, either way, you have to be able to do one or the other well. So yeah. I think those are some top ones that I think you have to have. Um, and you have to be able to like 
find a passion. So find something you really like doing. How, how do you define success? Um, for me, success. Ooh, that's a hard question, actually. I think, <laughs> I think for me, success isn't about money, prestige. That's not really, power is not my thing. For me, success is I did my job well and I go home and know I did my job well and I want to go back and do it again the next day. That's for me success um, because if I still like it the next day, then I feel like I'm successful at it. If I don't like it the next day, then then I might not be successful ever at it because it's just, I'm not saying you're not going to have bad days as an entrepreneur, but you should always feel like you can get through it. You can work through this and you'll, you're, you still love the job. If you still love the job, you can get through anything. That's what I mean about passion. If you still love it, you'll get through a lot. You'll put up with a lot yeah. to get through what, it. What an answer to a, a question that I just threw at you on the fly. Great <laughs> job. I guess my last question, and I think you've covered it in some of your answers, but what advice could you give to somebody that has a business idea and is thinking about taking the leap and becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, this is going to be double-sided sword for them. So okay. you, my best advice is to find people in that field that are going to be critical of your idea and talk to them about it and let them punch holes in your idea. My also best idea or best advice is to not take everything they say to heart. Because when we first presented our idea to very critical people who were in the field for multiple years, we're like, eh, I don't know. And then it took us a while to refine. And then we went back and we said, okay, you poked holes. Here's the holes we fixed. This is what we want to do. And then they're like, well, maybe. And then we pushed harder and did it again. And then we're like, no, this is it. We can do this. No one's doing this. We can make this work. And we pushed through. So you have to be able to ask for the advice, but not always take all of their critical um, advice to heart. Because you, if you think it can work through, you can have your dose of reality. There's always going to be risk to everything. But you, if you think it will work through, push for it and try it. What's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work. And you try something else. That kind of failure isn't really failure. That's just life. You can just work through that and you use those experiences to build on other experiences. And you might go two or three businesses without that aren't super successful. Like my wedding photography business wasn't super successful. I loved it. It was good. It paid some bills and we got some extra stuff out of it. Um, but it wasn't super successful and I didn't love, love it. I mean, I like it. It's fun, but I didn't love it. It wasn't something that I was like in love with. So you might go through a few things and that's okay. That is great advice. Thank you for that. And congratulations on your business and, you know, working in a field that you're passionate about. So I'd just like to thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Teresa. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been super great. And I love what you're doing because I, like you, you know, struggled through that whole high school. What am I going to do? And I think this is fantastic for your listeners and and just if 
someone, you know, gets a little bit out of this, it's perfect. Just ideas are great and it will be very helpful for anybody that listens to your podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Job Talk podcast. For more information, please visit us at thejobtalk.com.